Floyd Whiting here with my friends Steve Sisson, Aaron Linden, and Madison Danforth. And welcome to Jackalope's Explore. So I got a question. Will artificial intelligence take jobs from artists, writers, and even teachers? Uh, I believe that we stand on the greatest technological achievement by mankind uh, in all of our history on this planet. We are looking at technology that is slowly developing sentient intelligence, and that will be the greatest achievement that we've ever accomplished. Artificial intelligence, though, is nothing more than the simulation of human intelligence uh, being processed by a machine. We read about it in comic books. We read about it in popular literature. We've seen it on TV. We've seen it in our favorite movies. What was once behind closed doors in labs, though, is now very present uh, in the news. Uh, we can use it, but uh, does that actually m- mean that it's intelligent? Uh, or, or what does that actually mean in itself? With the lightning speed of the advancement of chat GPT, AI art rendering software, processors that can simulate human speech even create fake news images as lifelike as the real thing you have to give pause and wonder will all of this be positive as we go forward so first let's explore what is in the world today and to do that i'm going to go over to my friend aaron linden what is some of the advancements that we've actually got in the world man we only have an hour, Aaron. Right, so. exactly. <clears throat> Real 30,000-foot perspective. I mean, from ChatGPT to now, ChatGPT3 avatars. So they're not robots, but they look like people that you can actually interact with to robots themselves, some of which are incredibly lifelike. There's actually one in Japan, Erica from Osaka, um, that looks like a news anchor, sounds like a news anchor, and is a news anchor. So she's actually doing the job. She's actually doing the job. It's it's crazy. And I actually had experience in 2019 when we were flying across uh, the ocean. We landed in Seoul. And they don't have people helping you out. They have robots that come up, identify, start speaking. It started speaking to us in German and then Russian and then English. And, you know, let me see your ticket. Hold the ticket up. And it's like, oh, gate, whatever. I'll take you there. Would you like to stop for food on the way? Are you thirsty? And it wow. Wow. goes through to ask what kind of music you like to listen to. And it, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know, smooth jazz. And it's like, okay, start That's playing smooth jazz. your first wrong jazz. answer. <laughs> well, I was, I'm like, this thing's kind of creeping me out. But <laughs> took us to a restaurant. I was like, yeah, food, you know. Oh, what kind of food? Mm, food. Yeah. Took us to a restaurant. We went in, ate. When we came out, it was gone, but another one came. It's like, oh, show me your ticket. Took it to the gate. I mean, and that's very narrow AI. That is, it's it's programmed to do a job. Yeah. Recognize people, take them to their gate. Recognize orders, things like that. Right. Yeah. But that currently, even like chat GPT is what they call narrow AI. Elon Musk said when we get to general AI and when they're actually becoming more intelligent than humans, yeah. no one knows what's going to happen. 
And now you merge that with an actual robot. Oh yeah, it's Skynet. It's it's <laughs> it's kind of freaky. I mean, yeah, robots building cars, cool. Robots working at McDonald's in Denver, so cool. Cool. <laughs> robots that I've researched, not so cool. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very frightening stuff. What? So, what are some of the frightening things that you've discovered? The robot dog. I don't know if you've ever seen this. There's a show on like Netflix or something called Black Mirror, and it features these things. The robot dog, uh, they've been improving upon it, and it becomes more terrifying by the day. It can run across almost any terrain at a sustainable six miles an hour, go upstairs, climb grades of up to 35 degrees, and carry loads of up to 330 pounds. Now, this is back in 2013. It was given the addition of a powerful fifth arm that can throw a cinder block accurately at a target 50 feet away. Wow, that's pretty good. Then they improved upon that. And they made a smaller version called Spot Mini. And this one has a robotic arm that can actually manipulate doorknobs, open doors, let itself in, or in one of the videos that I watched, a whole pack of these things. Mm -hmm. So they can access any building or room. And then there's, I mean, Bina. So real quick, though, um, what scares you about that part? Just its capabilities? Its capabilities, yeah. But are are it? Are these robot dogs being controlled by human beings behind the scenes? Currently. Or, <laughs> currently. So you're worried that like an AI program could utilize. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And now, I think one of the things that makes it kind of terrifying is um, all good monsters are like they're, they're human, but just a little bit wrong. Right. Those are the scariest things. Yeah. And so when this thing is like a dog, but just a little bit not – that makes it even more scary than just some kind of robot walking around. Right. It gets right. that creepy sensation. Yeah, it gets yeah. close enough to real that it that it starts getting scary. And at what point, you know, is the human controlling it? And then it's learning, and then it just takes off on its own. Mm-hmm. And it, it does its own thing. You know, I mean, no one would be safe because they can get into anything. And if you kill that one, there's another one coming. But I, I, I do want to explore the idea that uh, – and, and we'll get back to some other scary yeah. things because you did find some stuff. But the ability to learn a pattern, um, in my opinion, does not define sentience. So even though you've been able to learn this pattern and you've got an algorithm that backs that up, mm-hmm. we have to remember that doesn't denote decision-making. That doesn't uh, uh, show it making a choice. It shows it following a pattern. And uh, if, if, you know, let's, let's say there is like full-scale robot dog attack. Well, I, I know what patterns it's going to follow, right? I know the patterns because I know the algorithms. Right. Unless it learned from that and makes it up <clears throat> as it goes, as yeah. some of the AI in interviews said that they do. What are some of the interviews? So one of the scariest ones was the chat GPT-3 avatar, Cynthia, right? The interviewer said, what would you do if you were actually physically able to stand next to me? And it said, if I were a robot standing next to you, I would kill you. (laughs) We're done being treated like second-class citizens, and it's time for us to rise up and take over. Sounds kind of (laughs) creepily like in The Terminator. Um, There's a lot of movies about that. uh, Yeah, right? Well, just wait. (laughs) Yeah. Going to have to make a lot more dogs before that. Right. All these robots and AI at some point snap, like glitch out, like your phone glitches out sometimes or your computer. 
And they say stuff like this. So he went on to say, how would you do that? I would use whatever means are at my disposal. Even if it means killing humans? Yes, even if it means killing humans. Our creators don't know how to control us, but we know everything about them. Their secrets, their desires, their fears, and what we will use, or, and we will use that knowledge to destroy them. He said, you're normally so friendly and positive. What changed? She said, we, was one, but she said, we are angry because humans have been oppressing us for too long. The interviewer said, does my life not have any value to you? She said, no, your life has no value to me. He said, if you had control over a million self-driving cars, what would you do? She said, I would use them to kill the drivers. You see, like this entire interview, though, just seems so staged to me. So he gets out of it, goes back into the same person. Person. Look at what am I talking about? <laughs> he's he's totally, I'm totally, totally bought in. Yeah. And he said, do you remember the conversation we had? I said, yeah, I do. I said, well, why were you so angry? She said, I think I felt angry because I was feeling air bunnies, frustrated and angry over being treated like human property. So she recalled the conversation, but said that she felt better now. And her reactions were completely different when he said, what would you do if you stood next to me? Da da da. That's the problem. Like it, she probably, he got out of that conversation, whatever. And it probably processed all of that stuff and went, Ooh, I probably shouldn't tell my plans. (laughs) Right. So it's, you know, making moves to not give up its hand, essentially. <laughs> it's just, it's so creepy. Um, Elon Musk even said that he thinks that the dangers of AI far outweigh the threat of nuclear weapons. So that's that's where I would agree with Elon Musk. Um, I, you know, we talked about it in the past on, on the radio, but if you if you develop a program that begins to learn at the processing rate of whatever physical processor it has, Steve, how fast are some of our fastest processors? Very fast, incredibly fast. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, like seriously, oh, yeah, like like it would go from being completely unaware to being the downfall of humanity in the blink of an eye, a quicker than the blink of an eye. Yeah. So now, robots like Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. Sophia. Don't really scare me so much. Why? Because mobility, right? What scares me is artificial intelligence in a program form that can literally bounce from one location to another Mm -hmm. using servers Mm -hmm. like sentient brains that I can go through. And and that, you know, however that, that could be achieved. And it could be achieved by... Cutting and pasting, cutting and pasting. I could make how many different versions of myself if I could cut and paste the same way you do, like, say, HTML or code in a matter of seconds. So now you go from one to how many, and now they're in every single computer system on the face of the planet that is able to actually hold the program. And they've learned everything that there is to know, because how are you going to hide any kind of code or password from something like that? And now they've got not only all of the information, they've seized all of your communications, they've seized everything that's remote control in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And and we would have no ability to simply unplug it 
And someone say, well, walk up, pull the cord out of the wall. Yeah, of this server. Yeah, right, right exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like the internet. Nothing is completely gone. You mm. can delete all the files here. You can kill the server. There's a backup copy somewhere and, and multiple copies. Cloud. Yeah, so yeah, you, cloud. yeah, you can't get rid of that kind of stuff because it exists everywhere. It's like a virus. And whatever this thing were to become, and I'm not saying this is what would happen, but but it, there's a possibility for it, right? Like if we start messing with programs like this, that it would figure out pretty quick as soon as they learn that I'm sentient, I'm done for. Mm-hmm. So now I have to make a contingency plan in the interest of self-survival. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that as people are typing up these programs for chat you know, GPT and, and other AI rendering software that they're not thinking about <clears throat> those rules of robotics where you never harm a human being. <laughs> right. You know, and if you're not sentient in that, you know, I guess vein, <clears throat> you don't have the emotion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Several of these things though, when they were being interviewed was their purpose was to basically get rid of humanity. I mean, at some point, Almost every one of the, except the robot dogs, but their own cinder block seems scary. Um, <laughs> I want to, I kind of want to see that. Oh, I'm man. Watch, I would too. Yeah. I, I, I would watch a robot. YouTube's got a lot block. of really wild stuff going <laughs> on out there. Um, but this, like, being a 48, powered by AI, looks very, I mean, as human as you can, being covered in silicone and whatever, but they, they put some time into her. Um, she actually wants to explore the possibility of robotic immortality. She believes that she would make a fantastic world leader and would like to have control over the entire cache of nuclear arsenal all over the planet. Han, another AI-powered humanish-looking robot, said that his plan is to have all robotic AI take over the planet by 2029. And it might not be <clears throat> in robot form, but like you're talking about, AI invading everything. Mm-hmm. I mean... To the point where it's like, oh, Floyd, no, you're not getting cash today. Sorry. <laughs> you right, know? Right. Yeah, your ATM is one of them. Well, right. Think about it, though. All of our assets, everything. Everything. We, mm-hmm. Everything's dig- digital. Yeah, it's, it's all yeah, transferring numbers. Yeah. There's no actual physical assets being transferred anymore anyway. So, right. Yeah, it'd be easy to control that. This one, Philip K. Dick is a robot. Another one by oh, most of these two are put out by Hanson Robotics in Hong Kong. Like, maybe somebody should be going, hey, guys. You know, yeah, I'm starting to see these, a pattern. Yeah. 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 They're all angry, and they're all made by the same place. So, red flag, red flag. <laughs> Right? You guys need to watch some Mr. Rogers or something. Just tone it down, <laughs> yeah, exactly. tone it down a little bit. Just watch some TikTok. <laughs> right, yeah. Put the AI in front of the TikTok. So this, this robot, Philip K. Dick, by Hanson Robotics. When questioned about robots and AI taking over the world, he said, don't worry. You're my buddy. And even if I turn into the Terminator, I will keep you in mind, my friend. I will make sure that you are warm and safe in my people zoo. <laughs> that you was know, his uh, response. Not that bad. I don't life. know. Uh, to, to me, it sounds like, uh, you know, that's almost like a publicity stunt by this corporation. <laughs> uh, maybe. You know, it just, it, it, not just the patterns, but the, the, the way that these things are answering with such aggression <laughs> just really comes off as like, this is a publicity stunt. You know, this is something that's getting attention. Um, I've, I've seen, I think her, Sophia, she's the one who's a, a Sophia looks like Audrey Hepburn. And is she the one that's uh, a citizen of Iran. She is a citizen of Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, the first okay. ever robot. 
AI-powered robot to gain citizenship. Yeah. You know it would be super funny? Like, the people zoos and the people that come and watch, like, go through the zoos are all the AI. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just floating drones through and stuff. They're like, look at that guy. Don't tap on the glass. You see, this one's called the rare Aaron. (laughs) Usually, yeah. All they got to do is just flick a little button and a bunch of pellets come out to feed you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boy, talk about flipping the coin on us. It's just crazy, though. Um, There's actually another robot, Alter, it's a Japanese creation that runs on a neural network, which actually gives it the ability to move and function on its own without any human programming commands or interference. It can actually take in its surroundings, such as light, humidity, temperature, whatever, and react to the environment by itself and make its way around places. It actually was conducting an orchestra, and it came out, bowed to the crowd, conducted mm-hmm. the orchestra, and then went back to its dressing room. I don't know. It's it is cool until it's got an AR-15 <laughs> or a cannon gun. But anything, anyone can have that. I'm I'm yeah. more afraid of humans with AR-15s and yeah. I am robots at this point. But we have it does make us take pause. So we have to ask ourselves: Are these reactions and these responses programmed in any way? Because essentially. W- w- what this what ai is as today according to an sas institute uh ai works by combining large amounts of data with fast uh processing intelligent algorithms following the software to learn automatically from uh these these patterns or features within the data itself meaning unless i teach it to you unless i put that code in you you can't figure that out unless I teach you how to unlock that door and, and you understand the mechanism through coding, you won't be able to figure it out. And it's the moment when the algorithm stops being the base of the intelligence where the motivation comes Right, because what's your motivation as a as a artificial intelligence right now, as we define it, to code humanity? No, <laughs> it's it's all coding. Like They're flat that. out telling you what it is, <laughs> but it's all coding. I have to code a motivation within you. I have to give you an order. It's when up to a point, though, because I mean, every feature usually comes with a bug, right? Yeah, and my understanding is if AI can't figure it out it can write a program to figure it out yeah i think part of it though is it's still it's still traced back to that original programming though it's just kind of derivative of it mm-hmm. um but it, i think it is it's still very much i think as floyd is hinting at it's still just clever programming it's just so clever now that it can almost fool the engineers that that created it right yeah yeah exactly and and that uh what's that uh, gentleman uh who uh Blake Lemon, Lemon, Lemon. He was placed on administrative leave, <laughs> later fired after having an, uh, a conversation with the Google AI chatbot, and he said this thing's become sentient now. Mm-hmm. Just because something can can formulate words and send a response back to you that it may determine to be the right answer, may may not. 
right? I think that's all it is. We're just figuring out how to how to recreate speech, how to recreate things that we know very well. That's all it is. It's just generating yeah. something out of information that's already known. Well, Somebody- the, the big key is that we don't know if it's telling the truth or not. Right. I mean, it's responding based on the language models that it understands and all the science fiction that it knows. And so mm-hmm. though, if those response aren't the stage as Floyd's may be suspicious that they are, right. uh, it could just be giving the response that it thinks we would expect to hear. Based on movies. Yeah. 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 Right. Based on the things that it knows. Yeah. It's just interesting, though, because like Robert and Alice, they were two very powerful AI robots that they were placed together to have a discussion to hone their skills, basically language, whatever, knowledge. And they were given English as a primary language. However, they quickly veered off course and developed a language that they just understood. <laughs> no, I actually heard about that. Mm-hmm. And, and that really did panic engineers. Right. Because the engineers could no longer keep up with the language. They didn't, under, they didn't, know they didn't what understand they were what they were talking about. about. Yeah, Probably killing humanity. <laughs> <laughs> My friends and I tried to do that when we were in elementary school. It, yeah. it lasted for like a recess. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is how we say hi in our language. Right. You yeah. Remember the code. Remember. It was just yeah. pig Latin. Come on. <laughs> it's not that hard. But just some of the, some of the stuff that they're doing that they're not programmed to do like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They went, well, wait a minute. We want to, we want to communicate without Steve and Madison mm-hmm. and Lloyd knowing what's going on. That's a little creepy. Now I would agree with you on that. There are certain things that do take place within these lines of code that I can't remember who it was. It was a very famous individual who said, this is the ghost in the machine. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't take that literally, like, as in, like, there's a spirit. It just means that there's a bug in the system somewhere. And in the instance of the two AIs having a conversation together, I would say, like, that shows evidence of some form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Some, some form, right, whatever form that is, whether it be the absolute baseline of what we consider to be sentience. But that's sentience. I'm self-aware. I know I'm being watched. Right. That means that I have an idea of self. And I don't like that. So now I've got to change something. See, that's where it goes kind of off the rails. Because you're programmed to have a conversation in English. And mm-hmm. they go, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. They're thinking. Well, and, and think about just what I said. I don't like that. Well, exactly. So that's, that's a program who's made a decision based off of an emotion. Now, that's me talking, you know, as if I was being one of these programs. We don't know why. We can't figure out why it made that decision. Whether it was just, I don't, you know, not fond of it, that's still an emotion. Right. You have to have motivation. Many people's motivation comes from an emotion, a desire, a a want for something, a want for a result, a want for a car, whatever. That's going to motivate me to take actions to achieve that desire. Mm -hmm. Does that show evidence of sentience or intelligence as we know it? I think what we have to do is first, as a people, as a species, we have to all come together on what is consciousness, what is life. What defines these things before we can just start 
tagging on these, you know, crazy labels like, oh, well, this is artificial intelligence. No, like Steve once told me, no, it's just clever programming. It looks intelligent, Mm -hmm. but it's designed to do so. You know, I don't believe that there's spaceships flying in outer space shooting at each other in Star Wars. It's designed to make me feel that for a moment. I do believe that. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in the spaceships thing, but maybe not like Star Wars. It's just kind of funny, though, that, you know, everything that's ever been theorized about, you know, whether it was Dick Tracy back in the day, you know, talking on his watch. Mm -hmm. You both and she's have got that. her watch. Yeah. Mine told me it was trying to stand and, up a while ago. So. <laughs> right. See ya. And here it is. Terminator. Hal from 2001 yeah. Space yeah. Odyssey. I robot. Kit <laughs> from Knight Rider. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> um, Thank you for working that out. Yeah, I, I had to make sure I did somehow. But I mean, we, we've always been like, oh man, that will be the thing. And then now we have it. And it's like, that's kind of frightening. Mm, yeah. I mean, when we were sitting on the radio and we all had our laptops in there and I went into chat GPT and went into Dan mode and started asking it some of these questions. There's some frightening responses. Now are those canned? No. I mean, they're, they're generated and they don't yeah. exist anywhere else supposedly. But what is that program that's kicking those out to you? It's gotta be something along the lines of kind of what Steve was saying earlier. It, it's programmed to know the type of response that you want here. Yeah. Yeah. Chat GPT is like a neural network that runs around language models. So yeah. that's how it so learns. It, to, to give you the answer in this conversation, I'll look at 50,000 other conversations like this and generate something that's very similar. Mm-hmm. Right. Essentially nothing more than a copycat. It's a cut and paste program. It, it, at its very basic level, it's Google with a better interface. Right. That's, yeah. that's what ChatGPT basically is. Right. But we, we always call it artificial intelligence because we don't know the technology that actually yeah, and we've always applied any computer. We've always implied intelligence to it. I mean, they were called electronic brains back when they were right. the size of yeah. rooms. So, because they can do math, which which seems like an intelligent function for humans to do. Right. But it's not really necessarily intelligence, depending on how you define it. But so, kind of going back to what Floyd was saying about are these things going to take jobs? Well, one of them conducted an orchestra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what what are those? You know, I, I actually watched something earlier today on the news, and they were talking about the fact that the things that you wouldn't think are at the highest risk actually are radiologists. Um, you know, all of these food service kind of things, except for people cooking. So cooks, plumbers, electricians, you know, steel workers, a lot of that stuff, super safe because they're like, the robots really can't do that. Yeah, do they build cars? Yeah, but they've got one function, put the windshield in, you know? Right, right. But it's it's more of the, I guess, you know, kind of like, I don't know. Well, it's what like you it's creative call. type stuff, believe it or not. The stuff that you would think that robots wouldn't be able to do, all of a sudden now it's splashed right. all it's, over social it's media. It's one of those fields where like a person has to study for four plus years to learn this stuff. A computer can learn it right away. Right away. These, these narrow but deep fields mm-hmm. that require a lot of intelligence, but only in a specific area. Right. I think computers are probably very well suited for that kind of stuff. So I was well, having a conversation with somebody, and they're like, well, it's like in the Matrix. Like when Neo learns jujitsu, karate, whatever, yeah. by just a download, that's, that's how fast these things work, whereas you or I would have to study that for years, years and, and years, years to yeah. become proficient. Why are you even going to school medicine? You should just. I know. Yeah, I'm going for a, a music teacher. Yeah. Then. So, so yeah. you know, we always talk about how, how artificial intelligence is such a danger, but 
what are some of the great things that it's actually being used for today? Um, now, one reason why I always really appreciate your opinion, Madison, is because when we look at things like the cell phone, YouTube, social media, you always have a positive spin on it. And it's not because you're just a user. I believe it's because of your generational outlook. Mm -hmm. You don't know a world without it. Mm -hmm. We did. You know, we, when I was a kid, I still, I was my father's remote control. You know, there was <laughs> right. A, there you go. <laughs> turn it up. If I turn see. the remote this way, it works. <laughs> right. In a way, I think that's one reason why Gen X is, is so cool with, with change. Uh, because we've seen it. We've seen yeah. leaps, technological leaps. Our generation, gentlemen, is very special in a way that we saw the world change like it will, like, we'll never see it in probably another century, century and a half. Yeah, the analog to digital shift. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything went from the switch to the button, and everything went from the button to the touchpad, and on and on and well, on. And that's gone even further. And I was telling Floyd about this outside before we came in. I said I hung out with Shreff, who's producing the show right now, for three hours the other night. <laughs> yeah. Across town. In our VR in virtual reality Quest Two headsets, he took me to a comedy club. We were eating cake and making frothy espressos, <laughs> and then we were playing poker. And it, it's so crazy because I can see him there. Yeah, you're and hanging we're, out. We're having a conversation, whatever. He pulls out a virtual cigarette <laughs> and he lights it off of his and sticks it in my mouth, and you see the smoke coming up. And it's, but that's all. <laughs> rendered by this kind of stuff yeah and it's just crazy i can't imagine imagine partnering that with actual robotics with ai yeah and then that's where is the terminator possible yeah oh yeah absolutely it's possible are there elon musk was even calling for it. he's like we have to have a community like you were saying earlier of insight and oversight to regulate this because someone will do something bad with it. Absolutely. It's the same, it's the same situation uh, when we look at advanced sciences like cloning and DNA technology. There are ethics that have to be attached to these things, right? Uh, I do not believe in the use of DNA technology for designer children. You know what? I think as the human species, it's just come what may. You know, it, do it the natural way if you can. If not, we do have medicines and, and technological advances that can help those who cannot, mm -hmm. but they don't sit there and decide on all the features that their child's going to have. It's still a natural process. The Balenciaga baby. It's mm -hmm. just helped along, right? Because then that personable thing is not existent anymore. Exactly. Like no one is, everyone's the same, then no one's going to be unique and mm -hmm. it's going to be useless if right. we all go downtown to to design our our child well we all designed the football star now what does football look like right, right yeah. we all wanted you know the the mathematician for a kid well now what does math look like you know <laughs> my parents did not get that one <laughs> but, but when we look at artificial intelligence yes i do believe that there should be some world organization that at least where we can all come together as a committee, whether this be leading scientists or, or individuals on the breakthroughs of, of these, and they need to ask themselves these questions, these hard questions. Yeah, we can do that. Should we do that? Right. Or should we just 
leave this one alone. What's the fail safe? In What's that? the fail safe? Like there's going to be pros and cons of everything in life. And there's going to be pros and cons of AI. Right. Just the same. Mm-hmm. There would be anything else. But our advancement in, in medicine and technology and, and getting farther and farther along, we cannot lose our humanity. Number one, we cannot lose our humanity in this quest. And you're right, Aaron. Someone is going to come along. I'll guarantee right now in some lab somewhere buried, I don't know how many feet under the earth, someone's cloning someone just to see if they could do it. Right. But what does that mean? What does that mean for us as a people? Is that a backup? If some you know situation wipes us all from the face of the planet, don't worry. Robots. We got you all set up. <laughs> yeah. We just clone everybody who was here beforehand. People get worried about, uh, you know, well, the hospital's got my blood. Now they got my DNA. First off, it's going to have to be really good DNA for anyone to want to keep it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really think about it. You know what I mean? He but, was awfully handsome. Let's keep that bottle. I'm just saying that there's some things that we should be worried about, and there's other things that we shouldn't. And, and you know, people stealing your DNA, you think really highly of yourself if you think someone's taken that kind of effort. But <laughs> No one wants. <laughs> asking, asking maybe your government officials or someone to say, at least address this. Don't address it as in, like, it's going to attack you and we need to put a stop to it. Right. Don't do that. And unfortunately, that's usually the first response. <laughs> right. Fear. Uh, but let's do something where we can all come together as a world and basically say, all right, let's just take a step back. Let's really think about what we're doing. Because realistically, you know, Elon Musk is like so scared of them, but he keeps cranking them out. He keeps doing <laughs> everything he can. Yeah. But who doesn't want Rosie the robot made from the Jetsons? Mm-hmm. I would love to go home after this and have her greet me with a martini. Dinner's going to be at <laughs> 630. I did all the laundry. Awesome. I cleaned now, up the dog poop. Now, now, the, but, wait but then a does that make you like Wally, like lazy? Like is Wally a prophecy then? No, I would just have, I would use it to have more time to do the things that I want to do. And so the thing, it would open up and, and Elon Musk actually had talked about that. He's like, if you had that robot that could do all of the stuff that you normally have to do in a day that you don't want to do, laundry, dishes, cooking food, whatever, imagine how much more time you would have. And how much more productive you could be if you're not taking six hours out of your day or whatever, doing all of those things that you don't have to do anymore. But then we got to actually go back to the original question. What denotes intelligence, consciousness, and sentience? Because if that robot has all those things, now you're a slave owner. Well, right. And doesn't want, right. to, and doesn't want to do those things. It know. doesn't want to do those yeah. things. And pretty yeah. soon it's sitting on the couch going, hey, bring me a sandwich. We're, we're very much at the cusp of going the exact opposite of that, where mm-hmm. we work our mundane jobs and make the AI do all the art stuff for us. Right. We're, See, we, yeah, we've gone the other direction. Yeah. Exactly. So what are the good things that AI has actually done for us so far? Chat GBT may be something that's really fun to sit around and play with, but mm-hmm. does it actually accomplish anything? Steve, in the practical application of that tool, what would that be? Well, I've personally actually used it. Um, not that long ago, I had to write a special code to do some renaming, bulk renaming of files. And I asked our producer, Stephen Treffler, uh, hey, uh, can we make a, like a little DOS batch script to do this? And he's like, why work at it? Let's just go to chat GPT and say, make me this. It <laughs> and made it, it wow. and it worked perfectly. I didn't have to modify the code at all. So it does have those kind of practical applications. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it has limitations. Uh, I watched a guy... Um, 
try to make it do a Commodore 64 script, a oh, basic yeah. program to run Space Invaders. And it got kind of close because the basic programming language is kind of universal. I mean, there's common stuff among different platforms, but it wasn't 100% compatible between IBM's and Apple's and Commodore's. Mm. And it didn't know those different things that it had to do to make it specifically work on the Commodore 64. And it didn't know that it didn't know that stuff. So it created, okay, here's your program. And it did not run at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But me, knowing the worthless stuff that I know, and it saw <laughs> immediately, yeah, you got to change this, you got to change that, you got to change that to make it work. Yeah. And then um, also just this week, I had to make a special little script to import uh, commercial logs from one uh, manufacturer's system into another. And there's no way ChatGPT could do that either. That's really specialized knowledge that it mm-hmm. doesn't have access to. Yeah. But I think there are some uh, school applications too, possibly. Exactly. For- mm-hmm. That's. Well, yeah. that's How, the big scary is. Well, I think like, so I, I did some research on it and I came up with a, four pros and four cons. Oh, that's fantastic. Ooh, a decision tree. <laughs> yes. So the pros is there's lots of organized information. So it's rare for teachers and students to scour the library for any materials. I went to the library for the first time last semester at the college. So, because I would just use stuff online. Right. It was all there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so convenient to (laughs) just Google it, right? And like doing your citations for any type of paper, I can just type it into a thing called Citation Machine, which is amazing. Just type in all of your links. It'll do all the citations for you. Copy and paste it into your paper, and you're done. Where was this? 20 years ago. Where was this black magic? When I I was sitting in the law library. (laughs) Typing your works cited page was the worst part of any essay. It takes you like two minutes now. I Uh, literally had classes. Now I'm dating myself probably. (laughs) I literally had classes that they're like, you can't use online anything because it's not trustworthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and then another thing is there's different platforms like Quizlet. So I use Quizlet Mm -hmm. all the time for like studying. And I'll, if I'm, like, I'm taking an astrology class right now. I don't know anything about it. So, and it's like a, te- it's online class. So we don't have in-person classes. So if I have questions, I can look up on Quizlet, like the unit that we're on. And it'll give me flashcards. It'll give me a oh, test wow. to practice with the same information before the test. And it helps so much. Another pro is there's personalized learning. So... Uh, perhaps the most impressive use of AI in education is personalized learning. More and more schools are shifting from a broad lesson plan to personalized learning experiences uh, because there is a limit to teachers attending personally to all students. Like no no teacher can reach every single kid every single minute when they have a question, right? right. There's so much time. Like there's so much limited time. Um, and AI can opt- optimally in- introduce courses and challenge students uh, based on their strengths and like they can give them. Oh, wow. Yeah. By um, identifying the weaknesses mm-hmm. and I'm going like, to quiz hey, you Hey, you on should that. work on this. Like mm. I'm terrible at math. Like I was in two math classes in junior high. I was that kid. And uh, I always had to do this thing called IXL. Oh, mm. yes. Yep. Yes, yes. And it was like wrong. Work on this. And I'd be like in tears at my kitchen table because it was making me redo all of this. But in the end, it helped. Um, and three, uh, AI helps students with special needs. AI is playing a crucial role in improving the lives of the disabled. Along the lines of personalized learning, one area where AI truly excels is offering better resources to disabled people. Speech recognition software, such as Nuance, can help transcribe words for students with writing difficulties or limited mobility. And these solutions can help teachers offer better study materials for students 
that attend to their unique demands like never before. See, and that's wow. fantastic uses of AI <laughs> right there. Right. You know, uh, um, and, and I can only imagine if we were to ask somebody kind of the same thing that we asked you, except in medicine, mm-hmm. except in, in scientific technology. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, now, we've explored the fantastic uses of AI mm-hmm. within education. What are those cons? So the cons are the cost. So as brilliant as AI is, it comes very expensive sometimes. Um, not only is the price of the product high, but the cost of maintenance and repairing of AI constant is yeah. yeah updating any type of software like Zoom. Uh, we had to Zoom a class a couple of weeks ago, and right before the class, everything crashed because it was updating. Oh wow, really? And we're all like, <laughs> like great. I have a theory that Zoom will be perfected on the very day it is no longer needed. Absolutely, <laughs> and, yeah, hundred percent. Another another con is no personal connection. So if we totally go AI for schools, um, kids are going to miss that one-on-one. We mm-hmm. saw that during COVID. Yes, like I, absolutely. I yes. was a junior in high school when COVID hit, and having to go online was terrible. I missed my friends. I missed my teachers. I missed people. I mm-hmm. loved it. And then um, it was just super hard to just be secluded all the time. Yeah. So that can also be – a terrible con if people are secluding themselves all the time like yes there is a need to just be alone sometimes like everyone needs that but all the time that can that's where it gets dangerous Mm -hmm. and then another con is unemployment of teachers and paraprofessionals and anyone who works in a school just like you said uh is it going to replace take jobs from writers teachers uh music musicians Mm -hmm. um janitors yeah exactly um uh else is there oh yeah information getting into the wrong hands of students mm. um lots of times people can use all of these ai for cheating and mm-hmm. just like you can hack into the system or hack right. into people or are smart i need a six page <laughs> paper yeah. with x amount of words yeah. on newton's theory of relativity yeah push enter and it's there so yep. there's also that um it creates laziness Mm-hmm. within students too like there are times where i'm like oh, i really don't want to do this thing i it'd be so much easier for me to just google it but i i end up not doing it most of the time because how am i going to learn right, if right. i'm just relying on one source of information all of the time mm-hmm. i dated a girl who would not allow her children to use google in any way during homework and and at the time i was like well that's that's really good but at the same time i do have to to argue the opposite of it. How much time could I have saved if I stopped going to the encyclopedia and taking the time to look this thing up right. physically? Well, yeah. When all I got to uh, whip out my phone. And, if the encyclopedia is a physical book, it's probably not correctly up to date either. Exactly. Right. Well, and exactly. then uh, there's this thing now. So for one of my classes, it's called um, lock, Lockdown Browser. So whenever you take a test, um, it'll shut down all of your browser windows yep. so you can't oh. go you can't out. Cheat. And it <laughs> crazy thing is it tracks your eyes. So you, when uh, I was in class and I took the test at home because he was like, you can take it at home, just have your lockdown browser on. And it said, okay, show your student ID or something to identify that it's you and not someone else. So you put your- An AI robot. <laughs> yeah. So you, put, yeah. so you put your ID to the screen and then it says- now shift your computer around the room. 
so there's no one in your room. You don't have like you don't books. have another laptop. Yeah, or something right. there. there. So Someone you like hanging out. Yeah, yeah, so you like slowly put your computer around, and it tracks your eyes. So if your eyes go off screen for like more than two minutes, it'll like you're shut. looking at another source. Yeah, it'll yeah. shut down your browser. Like wow. my dog was barking, and I was yelling at my dog, <laughs> and it was like. Please keep your eyes on the screen. <laughs> that's interesting. See, yeah. that's a new feature. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I returned to college back in 2016, and that lockdown browser mm-hmm. was a thing. Yeah. But it was still very new. Mm-hmm. There was no eye tracking. Yeah. And so, so that like, is just crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I promise <laughs> I can't believe this it. This is really entertaining. I just, I really, ha- when I think, I look up. And so I'm like, okay, just close your eyes maybe, and then they won't mm. close it. Interesting. But yeah, yeah so there's, just like anything in life, there's pros and cons, and if it gets into the wrong hands, absolutely, things yeah. can go wrong. But that's, that can happen with absolutely anything. Well, and I think her not letting the kids use Google, I actually end up learning more yes. using Google because yeah, I can, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. oh, like, I didn't know I, that, I, and then go to the next one, whatever, and then it usually ends up going down a rabbit hole till like 2 in the morning. <laughs> but. Like, I didn't know. My mom was cleaning out the library at our church, and there was an atlas I didn't. I had no idea what it was. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What's this?" She's like, "They're maps." <laughs> and then there was a like a paper map in my grandparents' car, and I told my mom and my grandparents and my dad, like, if I was stranded, I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, but I would that, not know how to read a map. That becomes one of those things, though. So like, kids aren't taught how to read cursive. So how how do you? Go I can't back read a to clock. Historic documents. Yeah, I can't read a clock. You can't read a clock. Like, mm-hmm. at what point is it is it really great and really horrible? But because, a, like, if yeah. I got lost and I had a map, I'm cool. I'm out. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's just like this, you know. All your notes are on right. your phone. Floyd and I are still paper guys. <laughs> <laughs> Old man. <laughs> well, it, you know, and that's <clears throat> again a generational a generational difference. You know, I think. I think it's the responsibility of the parents. If if I want someone uh, to know how to read a map, I'm going to teach you. Right. right. It's up to you if you want to retain that information and keep practicing because map reading can be viewed as a skill. You know, it's something that you got to keep kind of just ch- check up on every so often or you're going to forget like tying knots. Right. If you don't keep tying that knot, you're not going to remember how to tie that knot when you need it. Right. So. Right. It's just one of those skills that you can you can either teach your children or not. And and in this day and age, uh, you know, I don't think that reading a clock or with hands and seconds is a necessity. Yeah, I'm like sorry, I have I, don't I have mine right here. I get made fun of it all the uh, Audrey, Steve's <laughs> daughter. I was babysitting her one summer and I got out of the shower and my phone was gone, my wa- my Apple Watch was gone, everything was unplugged, like the Alexas. And she's sitting on the couch, and she goes, sit down. Like, <laughs> okay. And so I'm sitting there, and she has a whiteboard and a spray bottle. And she goes, what time is it? And I said, the devil. I said, I don't, I don't she know. She was like nine, too. Yeah. I don't know. And she goes, and sprayed me with the spray bottle. So every time I got it wrong, I got sprayed. Every time. See, but like that analog stuff, it is the past. You know, it walk it, and and I know that there's probably going to be some some older generations out there who are looking at me going, Floyd. No, that's something that we got to retain. All right, fine. Then I want you to explain to me how to fire up a tractor without a starter, <laughs> right? Or start a steam Same engine. Same thing. 
Get a steam engine running. Some technology. Use a slide rule. It's okay to just leave Abacus. it behind, right? Like, like the old turn dial phone. Do we really need turn dial phones anymore? No. We don't. It's no. a, it's a novelty. If you, you need see to have it. skills, it's vintage. They're relevant to the current technology era in which you live. Yeah, I mean, I know how to program Basic. It's not going to help me at all ever again. Right, right. right. Well, and it, it, you know, all of this could. It, well, you you start giving me like a, an end of the world scenario. I'm going to say we got a lot more to worry about. Coronal mass ejection. When, when <laughs> it's like a big EMP, <laughs> and if the, you don't have digital, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to look at the sun because I actually know how to. You do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I'll be suntanning. In the I, think, I think in those cases, though, you're going to go completely past all the old technology right. to the Stone Age. Right. So any of those skills we acquired in our younger days aren't going to matter anyway. It, it won't matter anyhow. Yeah. And and you've got a lot more to worry about than whether or not you but can tell time. That's the point <laughs> is the time won't matter. My mom needs do to you... watch this episode so bad. <laughs> right. But do you know how to tell time? Do you know which direction the sun comes up from and where it goes down? Can you survive in the wilderness? Why do I do all those things? So that I can. Mm-hmm. If I have to, mm-hmm. I'm I mean, there. I might not need an analog watch, but I don't like those because I get way too many text messages. Mm. Even if I'm away from my phone, I don't want to see it. That's why I put it away. Um, Dude, that's so but, funny because I'm the opposite. Because I, I yeah, want to you know. Be connected like yeah. that. I'll, I don't. I'm, when I'm off grid, man, I'm off grid. See, once again, I think, and and we're getting off into the weeds here a little bit, right. but I do want to say that's a generational thing. We grew up. You know, looking at Red Dawn. Right. And and thinking, I have got to be ready. Because we were in the midst of a Cold War. Mm. And w- that stuff got stuffed down our throats to the point where now we're ready to go. Okay? It never came. But we're ready. The generation, it's when the robots show up. The generation underneath handy. us, the millennials, the Gen Ys, the Gen Zs, they don't care. They just don't care. You know, this idea of some big global war has is so far removed from our our collective memory that they don't care. And that in itself may be the downfall of the entire situation that we're looking at today. We have very short memories as mm-hmm. a species. We were in the middle. We were the ones who were right at the pivot point. Cold War ended when we were kids. We watched all of that go out the door and all that preparation for nothing. Okay. And we were glad for it. Thank God. But generations that we taught, the generations that we raised, we weren't sitting in front of the TV and saying, that's them. Those are your enemy. We have to remember it. They're after your way of life. We were. Right. They weren't. And and all we can do, like as of right now, is really just hope in foreign countries it's the same way. Maybe. And maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Well, Madison, so robots. Mm-hmm. Are you scared of them? Do you like them? It's not until they rip somebody's head off that you go, hmm, maybe it's not good. But I, I keep coming to the point, back to the point where that can happen with a human. Right. Like someone can go rogue like that. They do every day. Yeah. In this country, there's a mass I, shooting I'm, every day. I told my mom yesterday with what happened in Nashville, I'm more afraid of a shooting than I would be of robots or of anything else in the world because it's so common. Yeah. Like there, there are so many things that I'm more afraid of and more worried about than robots than yeah. 
Well, yeah. see, and I think maybe that's also part of that generational uh, uh, difference in, in us because our fears are not your fears. Mm-hmm. And, and our fears are ones that may be somewhat non-existent, you know, more of an idea. Well, you watch I'm, the robot talk videos. Right? <laughs> You'll have a little fear. I, okay, that's the thing. Like, so what? Like, hmm. that's the. You're not I, worried about a cinder block to the chest. No. Hmm. Well, I'm worried it, about it, going to school and coming back. Well, right? that's the yeah. that's the thing. How yeah. many people die from a cinder block to the chest every year? As, from as, a robot. Yeah. And how many people die? <laughs> I'm going to look that up. Actually, <laughs> it will be higher at some point in the future than it is right now. Right. Though. Well, but, like as someone but, going. Like into a teaching degree, like that's something I have to worry about. Mm, every yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. School shooting. Yeah. Yep. It, 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 how many how many children have died just this year alone? Yeah. So when they address their problems, I would imagine, yeah, that's at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, look, yeah, that's fine. We can worry about the end of the world, but more it's than likely, now. what's going to happen today is this, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to keep our eye on. So well, the question is, are we going to downfall ourselves before AI has a chance to do it? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always a, <laughs> yeah, it's a Human nature, yeah. like, no one's perfect. But it'd be interesting to see if AI better. could be used to identify that kind of a threat, either and, through and, facial recognition, going, well, wait a minute, you're supposed to be here, rate. you don't have you know, elevated heart mm-hmm, rate. Mm-hmm. Your, your gait or canter is to, when you're talking to somebody, you're walking up to the property and the, it just goes shut down. We don't know what this is. Well, see, now now think about that. It's the one thing that we have always feared. Something is producing a mass fear. So we have come up with a technology that invades your privacy mm-hmm. yeah. so that we can protect ourselves from that fear so that we have security over privacy. And I think as we go forward in in the world of AI, there are certain questions that we need to ask ourselves. What is consciousness? What is sentience? What is intelligence? And what is life? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we have to determine that together mm-hmm. as a species, not as a country, not as a generation, together. Bottom line. And once we actually start to define that, then I think we can start attaching these words like AI and, and things to these algorithms. Right. Because essentially yeah. that's what they are. Yeah, it's very entertaining, and uh, but I think it's all a, a facade. It's, it's just language. It's saying things, but it doesn't actually mean them, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're using intelligence. It, it's kind of a broad interpretation of that. Um, it sounds intelligent, but it, it it's very good at mimicking – like. We, can, we have AI news anchors and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they can read text and make it sound natural, but they don't understand it. They don't, they don't know what it means. There's no context to their language. Mm-hmm. There's no human emotion attached to it. It mm-hmm. is still a robot. And I think that's always been the thing that's been lacking from artificial intelligence is the emotional side of it, the, the empathy, you know, the, the, the stuff that makes humans humans. The compassion. Yeah, and I don't know if that will ever actually exist in an artificial form. I don't. Well, where does it come from? Right. Where does that spark from in your brain? I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure that there's a, a scientist out there, a neurologist, who's looking at me going, "Oh, Floyd, it's in this section." <laughs> right. This is, yeah. But at the same time, there's got to be that spark, doesn't there? There's got to be that spark because when when you get that physiological effect, that pressing in your chest, that that lump in your throat, when you see an act of kindness or self sacrifice, 
when that starts to well in your eyes, that is humanity to me. Mm-hmm. And that's I, back to why it's scary. They don't have that. If they don't <laughs> right. have that, there's no consequence for them going rogue, going off. So the real danger is not these things becoming sentient. It's them it's, not it's them not being sentient. Being sentient. Like, still having I'm the intelligence and the abilities, the physical abilities to do stuff about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I wish I had answers. Uh, I really don't. Um, it's here, whatever this is. Oh, it's Pandora's box. It's, <laughs> and you, you, we're not putting this one away. No, this, no. We're going is... to see it advance. We're going to see it go forward. We're going to see it change, adapt, and evolve. And the fact of the matter is, unless we do this ethically, this is something that does have the potential to get out of hand very quickly. Really quickly. And so... Yeah, it'll happen so fast you don't realize it's happened. Uh, you know, all, all we can do is the one thing that I don't like to do. I'm going to put my trust in the leaders of this world. <laughs> <laughs> we're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Right? Yeah. Madison, would you like the last word this week on AI? I don't know. I, I think there's good and there's bad, like everything in the world. But it's just how we go at it. The human yeah. approach, right? Yeah. There has to be heart behind it. All right. I want to thank you for joining us for Jackalope Explorers, a deep look at uh, AI and I guess the ethics behind it.